0: Welcome to the United Church of Hinesburg podcast on the fifth Sunday of Easter, 2020. We are a community-centered church in rural Vermont, celebrating together, virtually, during the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. As an open and affirming church with ties to the American Baptist, United Methodist, and United Church of Christ denominations, we're glad you're here. I'm Rev. Jared Hamilton, the pastor of UCH. Sammy Yanksman has provided music for this episode, including Robert Schumann's Melody in C Major. And special thanks to Barbara Harrington for our gospel reading, which comes from John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. There will be a short homily and service of morning prayer. Let's get started.
1: gospel recording for the fifth Sunday of Easter 2020 is John chapter 14 verses 1 through 14. Jesus said to his friends, don't be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. My father's house has room to spare. If that weren't the case, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When I go to prepare a place for you, I will return and take you to be with me, so that where I am, you will be too. You know the way to the place I'm going. Thomas asked, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You come to the Father through me. If you really know me, you also know the Father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Philip, I've been with you all this time, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? Because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it.
0: This world's not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckoned me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I remember singing this hymn a lot during worship services at the small Bible church in Ohio where I grew up. The lyrics were written by Albert Brumley, a prolific Southern Gospel shape note composer in the Churches of Christ tradition. Likely, the hymn was written with 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in mind, which says, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. The idea that our bodies are temporary vessels and the world is a brief stop for our eternal souls is perhaps part of the context of today's gospel lesson. John chapter 14 is a common reading at funerals. In it, Jesus is speaking to his disciples with words of reassurance. If he goes away, he does so to prepare a permanent place for them in his father's house. For many, this language evokes thoughts of heaven. But this passage is a dynamic one, located within a larger story of John's gospel. And at this moment, a lot of trouble is brewing. By this time in the story, Jesus' life is in danger. What seems to instigate the plot to kill Jesus is the resurrection of Lazarus in chapter 11. Jesus is gaining power and influence among the crowds and some leaders worry that an insurrection will take place, resulting in another violent response by the Roman occupying forces. In chapter 12, Jesus enters Jerusalem with much fanfare but sneaks away to talk privately with his disciples. In these private moments, Jesus tells his disciples about his impending death. He washes their feet and gives them the new commandment to love one another as he has loved them. But this time is also filled with great tension. Jesus accuses one of his disciples of betraying him. Judas then sneaks away to do just that. Jesus then tells Peter, his most devoted follower, that he will desert him once he is taken into custody in the following days. We can imagine that our passage takes place in the upper room after dinner. Judas is gone. Peter is sulking. The rest of the disciples feel awful. They don't know whether to believe Jesus about all of this. After all, it's terrible, terrible news. Maybe escape plans begin to form in their heads, thinking, you know, if Jesus is really going to get arrested, how am I going to get out of Dodge before the authorities find me? Maybe their thoughts are more machismo, telling themselves that they would never let anything happen to Jesus, that they would even fight to the death for him. All of this, of course, takes place in the safety and security of a locked room. You know, Or perhaps they're simply in shock. All the good that took place over these passing years is about to come to a screeching halt. And Jesus looks around the room reading it. And he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. We'll make it through this. In fact, we will come out of the other side of this calamity in a better place. And even though it doesn't sound like it, We will even be together again. We can watch the wheels turn in Philip's head as he is trying to figure all of this out. How will Jesus make it out of Jerusalem? Where did his father live again? And what does that guy even look like? Lord, Philip says, we don't know where you are going. How do we know how to get there? Where will you be? But it's not about geography. Jesus can't really draw a map. But he has spent the last few years showing them the way. You start at compassion and take a left at justice. You stay straight until you expose corruption and then turn right on inclusion. You know you are on the right path if the sick recover and the hungry are fed. The road will be smooth in some places and bumpy in others. Keep moving and let the love you have for each other, for me, and for others guide you. One of the strangest aspects of the COVID-19 pandemic, from my perspective as a young pastor, is the reality that there are no maps, manuals, or ecclesiastical treatises that explain how to navigate all of this. We did not learn how to function during a global pandemic in Divinity School. And I cannot call up a more experienced and seasoned pastor and ask, so how did you handle this all when you first experienced it 20 years ago? I think the reality is that this is novel to all of us. So I resonate then with Philip, who is trying to pin Jesus down a bit during this troubling and chaotic moment. He wants Jesus to answer a direct question with specifics on the route, walking time, and set expectations upon arrival. When Jesus obfuscates the first go round, Philip presses, asking for a guide, saying, show us the Father. But it doesn't work that way. Instead, what Jesus says is something like, you already have what you need. We are not at the end of this pandemic by any means, but in many states, we are experiencing the slow and gradual reopening of businesses under specific conditions. Folks need to return to work to pay bills. Companies need to produce goods and services, or they will go under permanently. And There is considerable risk to all of this. In some states, this is happening while COVID-19 numbers continue to climb. Local churches, too, have felt the pressure to reopen internally and for financial reasons. It's been difficult, after all, to not gather for two months, to cancel or postpone concerts, Service trips and direct action events. Many of our local churches serve as an unofficial community hub for social and service activities. AA, 4 H, scouting organizations, preschools, food pantries, book groups, WIC, after school programs, and the like all run out of our churches. Our local churches also serve an aggregate of vulnerable populations from elderly members young children and people of differing abilities. How do we move forward? What will the church look like when June rolls around? Will everything be back to normal by the fall? What way do we go, and how do we get there? I am the way, the truth, and the life, says Jesus, but I wish he would be more specific. I really wish that Jesus had pulled out a whiteboard and developed a solid action plan that assigned responsibilities to each of the remaining disciples, with a set of start and end dates, a list of milestones, and clearly defined desired outcomes. But he doesn't do this. Instead, he reminds his disciples that they can figure out how to move forward when they remember him. In the coming weeks, we will be working on what church might look like in the coming months. Already a handful of national denominations have released guidelines for local churches that describe the best practices for when churches eventually reopen. Maybe as we localize these guidelines, keeping in mind the specific communities we serve, We can remember this interaction between Jesus and his disciples. Where is Jesus' concern for the poor addressed in our plan? Are we protecting the most vulnerable? How can our plan speak to Jesus' inclusive nature and sense of justice? Is there room in the plan to speak out against abuses of power and corruption? Are folks being fed, physically and spiritually? Is love the ultimate guide here? Perhaps Jesus has already gone ahead of us, not to prepare some half-open relic that doesn't live up to our memories. Instead, Jesus goes to make a new place for us, a church that is, perhaps, a little more agile a little more hopeful, a little more inclusive, you know, a little more Christ-like. May we be guided by the way of Jesus in all we do, for the sake of our communities and for the health and well-being of all. Amen. Amen. God of great wonders, we join with you in continued celebration of the love and hope of our Easter faith. Through the stories of Jesus' resurrection, we are reminded that there is no place where your love cannot reach, and even in death, you bring streams of new life. Because of the pandemic, we continue to be away from each other, separated from our communities and loved ones. Comfort us and give us hope as we await a time when we can see each other face to face. Be with those in power and all those who hold authority over others. Give them strength and wisdom and your sense of justice, so all may be cared for and treated with dignity during this time. Be with our communities that work diligently to stay connected and foster relationships in new ways. Be with first responders and medical personnel that work on the front line of this outbreak. Keep them healthy in mind and body and give them due rest. Be with those that are ill and all in distress. Ease the pain of those suffering and be present with those that are dying. Comfort families that cannot be with sick loved ones now and be with us. There are people and places on our hearts and minds right now. Hear our prayers and petitions during this moment of silence. Keep us through all of these challenges And give us some new way of living out your story of new life. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Life is short, and we do not have long to gladden the hearts of those around us. So be quick to love, and do good to your neighbor, and allow God to journey with you all of your days. Go now in peace.